It's time now for Bible Talk. Join our hosts, Gary Gibbs and John Bradshaw, speakers for the Amazing Facts Ministry, as they now open the Bible and discuss themes that affect your life today. Stay tuned, because the next 15 minutes will deepen your understanding of God's Word. Hi, friend, and welcome again to Bible Talk, where we tackle the subjects of the Bible that affect you right where you are. Glad to have you with us today. I'm John Bradshaw, and with me is Gary Gibbs. Hey, Gary. Hi, John. And indeed, we are tackling the topics. We are tackling them as they're racing through Christendom, and we're pulling them down and saying some of these topics that we are being taught in the Christian church, they're not in the Bible at all. No, they've become popularized. They've become, they've almost reached uh, a sacred cow status, some of these, because when you dare to even talk about them or challenge them or raise a dissenting voice, man, you can lose friends and popularity real fast. And you can tell we're really bothered about that. That's why we're just taking this thing head on. We've been talking about the subject of Israel in prophecy and, and the temple and, uh, who is God's Israel and all of these things? And the thing probably that is uh, going to hit it head on is the fact that we've been saying the literal Israel, the Israel over in the Middle East, that so many Christians have their hopes pinned on looking for the temple to be rebuilt, Antichrist to move in, as being the fulfillment of the prophecies concerning Israel. That is not in the Bible. In fact, that is a diversion of the enemy of souls to get us looking for something that is not going to happen because the true temple of God is the church. Here's how I would challenge the thinking of some. I know many people arrive at their prophetic conclusions today without even opening a Bible. I've just met a lot of people. They say, I got what I believe off the TV or out of a book, uh, not the Bible, or from a movie. And and uh, that, that won't cut it if you're a Christian. You need to be opening up your Bible. Then you, you look at these things. Oh, firstly, let me say this, Gary. We aren't suggesting that a, that a Jew, a literal Jew, cannot be saved. Anyone can be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Are That's we agreed right. on that? That's right. Okay. But the, the temple being rebuilt. Well, the temple that really matters is the temple in heaven, and God's temple today is the Christian church. And, John, you know, we're not going to have the time to go back through what we've covered in previous programs. So any listener just jumping in on this program really needs to call the number at the end of the program, Ask for the free resources. Get involved in our free Bible study guides. There's absolutely no obligation. You don't have to join anything. You'll get those free study guides and catch up with where we are now. Something I've seen in my life as a Christian, and I haven't been a Christian all my life, and that is as long as I've been a Christian, I've had people saying to me, talking about this subject, talking about the temple, and mm -hmm. they'll say, but, but John, haven't you heard? Someone said this to me just the other day. Haven't you heard? The foundations for this temple are in place. I mean, they're ready to go. They're ready to build it. I, I said to someone, hey, but there's a, there's a mosque on top of the temple. Oh, well, no, now they found a new site. And uh, it's not, I mean, man, these people, they change when the wind changes. This is, this is mythological stuff. The, the foundations, are they ready to go? How long have these foundations been in place? I've never seen them. You've been in Jerusalem. Did you see foundations for a temple? Well, I'll tell you, I was in Jerusalem in 1983, and we were there at the uh, Wailing Wall, which is considered to be part of the original temple complex. Yes. And we were there, and somebody whispered our tour guide and said, you know, they have everything in place to restore the old Jewish temple, and the foundations have been restored. They have found everything they need. They have it all stored somewhere, and as soon as they can overthrow the Muslims, they're going to come in here, and they're going to reinstitute the Old Testament sanctuary service, and we're going to be in the last days. And they're kind of whispering that there in the corners of the Wailing Wall. This, these whispers just keep the, the 
further going, you know. And and I suspect that, that there are certain, you know, I... I don't mean to be uncharitable, but I've been seeing prophecy teachers with ministries writing appeal letters saying, listen, there's a peace treaty about to be signed. The foundations are in place. We found a red heifer over there. The red heifer's a red herring, I think. Every time a red heifer is is rumored to be around, send more money because sometime soon it's all going to take place. They've been saying that for a long time. Yeah, John, one day it is all going to take place, but we can't ignore some of these Bible texts. And one very significant text that talks about the rebuilding of the temple is in Daniel chapter 9. What do you think about Daniel chapter 9, and when was it fulfilled if it's not going to be fulfilled in the future? Daniel 9, oh man, you didn't ask me a quick question here, did you? But let's kind of zero in on verse, ooh, where do you want me to pick it up, verse 26? Well, I think Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse 25 says that it's going to be rebuilt. He says, know therefore and understand that from going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem to Messiah the Prince will be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Streets shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. Well, verse 25 has clearly been fulfilled. Now, uh, Ezra chapter 7 refers to the decree to go back and restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And uh, that decree was issued, if my memory serves me correctly, in 457 B.C. B.C., before Christ. After that time, Nehemiah went back with certain individuals, and they... They restored the place. The temple was rebuilt. The streets, the well, the whole place was rebuilt and society was restored. So mm-hmm. verse 25 and the rebuilding thing, that has already taken place. And it says there would be a decree. Certain time period would stretch mm-hmm. down to the coming of the Messiah and, and so on. Okay, so that brings us down to Jesus' day. So that, that temple was rebuilt. The uh, second temple was rebuilt. Yes. And then we come down to Jesus' day. But what it, this is that 70-week prophecy where the 70th week, isn't that last week is during the time that the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem, the, the third temple, and everything will be instituted and the Antichrist will move into the temple there? Let's carefully look at this from prophecy. After 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off. Jesus was cut off when he... When he died. When he died on the cross. Sure. Not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end thereof will be with a flood, and under the end of the war, desolations are determined. After Christ died, he died in uh, 31 AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't that long after that, just not quite 40 years after that, the place was destroyed. The Romans came through and they destroyed mm-hmm. the, the whole place, destroyed the temple. It was utterly uh, uh, desolated, no question. And then verse 27 says, he will confirm the covenant with many for a week. Mm-hmm. The he in this can only be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus confirms the covenant with his people, with God's people, Israel, mm-hmm. for a week, for seven years. In the midst of the week, he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Jesus caused the sacrificial system to come to an end when he died on the cross. Now, the way that's normally taught, though, John, is that the Antichrist is going to restore the sacrificial system at the beginning of the last seven years of Earth's history. Right. And then in the middle of the week, the sacrificial system will uh, cease. So how how do you get this being Jesus, uh, he... And not the Antichrist. Verse 25 talks about Messiah, the Prince. Verse 26, the Messiah, the Messiah, the Messiah. Verse 27, and he. And the subject here appears to be the Messiah very clearly. Hmm. Uh, Bible commentators historically until recent times have labeled this as Jesus. Not that we have to necessarily agree with them. Let me ask you, the covenant spoken of in the Bible, 
That's the covenant between God and his people. Mm -hmm. You don't find any mention of a covenant between Antichrist and anybody in the Bible unless you try to extrapolate it out of this verse. And this would be the only verse where you would try to get it out of. The only verse out of the many thousands of verses in the Bible. It is Jesus who only can confirm the covenant between God and his people with his people for that time period. You know, there's an interesting phrase here in verse 26, John, that I think a lot of people just read over the top of. And we want to look at that. Go, go right into it right now. Because he says, uh, there shall the city thereof shall be with the, excuse me, the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. What he's saying is, not only will the city and the temple be destroyed, but unto the end, the end of time, desolations are determined upon that area, that region. And if you look at that region of the world, what do you see right now? War after war, desolation after desolation. When I was in Israel, they showed me uh, that the current streets are like 40 or 70 feet, I forget, above what they were in Jesus' day. Because... So you're not walking the streets where Jesus walked. You're walking 70 feet or 40 feet above where Jesus walked because all of the rubble from all the wars and the destruction have piled up over the years. That's exactly what's happened over there. And so this, this part of the prophecy has been fulfilled to the letter. Now, you, you know, I, th- I think there's application of this to what's happening right now in the Middle East beyond what we're talking about. All of these efforts to create peace, they're destined to fail. It'd be wonderful for there to be lasting peace there. But this is always going to be a war-torn uh, area of planet Earth. doesn't have to be. If they would turn and embrace Christ, peace would come. But as long as you have a nation there that is, is, is really comprised of individuals who will not embrace Jesus and, and their neighbors won't embrace Christ either, mm-hmm. tr- peace can come through Jesus when people open their hearts to Jesus Christ. But we don't see that happening. We don't see it prophesied. The Bible says war after war after war after mm-hmm. war will take place. That's what's playing out. So does the New Testament say anything about this? Does it talk about these desolations? On the temple. Oh, yes, certainly. Some of the most plain passages in the scripture uh, underscore this. Hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter 23. Uh, this isn't the only place I want to refer to, as a matter of fact. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus said in verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, and you would not. And what does he say in verse 38? Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. desolate. Now, before this time, he had, you know, he went into the temple, cleansed the temple. Mm -hmm. You've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. Mm -hmm. My father's house. Now, it's not my father's house. Your house. Your house. I've left the building. My Hmm. presence is not here. Hmm. Your house is left unto you desolate. This temple is going to be desolated. The temple means nothing now because my presence does not reside there, and we've about had it with you. In fact, if you would go through the New Testament, Again and again, Jesus, he shares the parable where he says, uh, the husbandman has a vineyard. He lets it out. That's God. He has Israel mm-hmm. represented as the vineyard. He lets it out to tenants. A- a- and he sends them, uh, he sends somebody down there, you know, to collect the mm-hmm. rent or see how they're mm-hmm. doing. Beats them up and throws the servant out. He says, I'm going to send my son. Son goes down, kills the son. What do you think we should do? Jesus says in the parable. And, and the Jews reply, oh, destroy them and mm-hmm. miserably throw them out and, what were they doing? They were actually reciting their own sentence upon themselves. That's right. That, that, was, that would be a righteous judgment. In fact, in Matthew 24, verse 1, the disciples take Jesus, point out the, the megaton 
uh, stones that made up the temple, and they said, "Look at these buildings. Look at this temple. It's great." And Jesus said, "You see this? Not one stone will be left upon another." And so he was prophesying the destruction of the temple and not a rebuilding of the temple. Oh no, he? no, he had nothing to say about that at all. You see, if we are expecting something to take place in a temple that has nothing to do with our spiritual experience, what we're leaving out of this equation, if we're looking to Israel, something that does not affect us mm-hmm. as Christians in a direct sense, we're leaving our heart out of the equation of God's spiritual work to be done in our lives in the last days. What God wants to accomplish is something in our hearts. That's right. So what God originally wanted to do with literal Israel was use that temple on the mount as a lighthouse for the world. But since they rejected their franchise on the gospel, God had to give it to the Christians, anybody, Jew or Gentile, who would let God's light shine so others could see the love and salvation of Christ. And that's what God is seeking to do today, to reach the world through those Christians who comprise His temple. Friend, let God reach somebody through you to join us for more next time, right here on Bible Talk. If you'd like more information on what we've been studying today, we have a comprehensive Bible study guide we'd love to share with you that's absolutely free. This study includes many of the texts we've just discussed and expands on the subject, including information you'll want to know. To receive this free informative Bible study guide, simply call, write, or email and ask for BT103. Is there anything left you can trust? The toll-free number is 866-BIBLE-SAYS. That's 866-242-5372. You can write to us at Bible Talk, P.O. Box 1058, Roseville, California, 95678 or email us at BibleTalk at LifeTalk.net. Bible Talk has been produced in association with Amazing Facts in the studios of LifeTalk Radio.